Welcome to the Underground Playground Podcast with Steve and Mike, bringing you the voices and personalities of the physical culture world. Listen up. All right, all right, all right. Here we are, back again. Two days in a row, Mikey. Is my partner, yeah. Manny. You're wearing me out. Yeah. So we took a little uh, hiatus for a little while, and uh, now we're back. So we got a special guest today. Uh, by the way, this is Steve Bowser with the Underground Playground podcast. I'm based out of the Playground Gym in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and my partner, Mike Manning, H2, what is HC2, it? HC2 <laughs> Gym, man. Dude, we're going to have to, by episode 100, we're going to have to have this figured out. I know, man. My buddy Mike Manning is here, and we got a special guest, Jeff R. Tucker. Now, remember this. Write this Tucker. down. Tucker. JeffRTucker.com. I just checked out that website. It's really cool. So uh, we want to introduce you, Jeff, because uh, I've been a fan for you a long time, CrossFit Gymnastics, and uh, love, love, love listening to your stuff on social media, man. Um, You got a lot of content that we could talk about today, your TV show. I I actually want to talk to you also about a keto diet, but let's start off with this way. Introduce yourself, Jeff. Well, hey, guys. Uh, one, it's great to be here, and this is Tucker. And, uh, yeah, if you call me Jeff, I'll look over my shoulder and say who the hell you're talking to. But, uh, uh, no, man, I, I, I'm just an average guy. I put on my pants one leg at a time, just like you. <laughs> I don't know, man. You're, uh, you're like a, a combination of a lot of things, firefighter. Um, would you consider that a reality TV show that you did? or is that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the Discovery thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, of course, there, it was really interesting how that whole thing unfolded. But, yeah, I mean, it's, they call it an extreme survival series, and it is reality TV from a standpoint of the stereotype label. Right. Um, the, the cool thing was behind the scenes, it's, you know, it's anything but the – you know, it's not like Survivor or Big Brother or any of that, that stuff, which I almost consider garbage. But it, yeah. these, these guys produce Bear Grylls and Naked and Afraid and yeah. Hell's Kitchen and stuff like that. I mean, they, they, the production company is really, really cool. And, uh, yeah. of course, I think anything that – honestly, I think Discovery does a pretty first-class job of this kind of stuff. Yeah, so what was like the name – Jeff, what was the name of it? Darkness. Darkness. Uh, yeah, we, we were – we were the fifth episode filmed, but they moved us to the front of the line for the premiere episode, and they only had time uh, last season to do two. So they picked ours and, and another, and then I think they're going to re-air it for 18 and then start the series uh, with that. But I think they, they were really excited to get a teaser out about what this uh, new uh, uh, reality show is going to be like. Yeah. yeah, for for anyone listening, um, if you haven't checked it out, or if you're if you're not following Jeff uh, Tucker, um, he he was basically <laughs> locked down, spelunking into a cave with a partner with helmets on. The cameras were all night vision, and uh, it's a pretty trippy thing to watch. Um, it, it was nuts, man. I mean, the whole premise of the show was there's actually three of us put into the cave, all three different entrance points of this. Uh, particular underground cavern was about 29 square miles is what they said but we were put down in this total dark environment no light whatsoever for six days no food no water given a backpack a blanket and paracord and a safety helmet and that's essentially our gear for six days to see if one if we could find each other for one right uh, two if we didn't go crazy being in total darkness because there are some people who really have a hard time handling that and i understand why now more than ever Um, and then seeing if we could find resources like food or water, which we found some resources, um, natural resources, and then, um, find our way out. That was the ultimate goal. And if you don't get it done in six days, they send a team in and pull you out. Right. That was nuts. Yeah. Nuts. Just the, the, the stuff that I've seen from like that show, I was just like, oh, hell no. You know, I did, uh, you know, being a firefighter, I did, uh, you know, confined space training. And, uh, you know, there's a little freak out factor when you're in total darkness and you don't know what's going oh, on dude. around you. But six yeah. days, bro. I mean, I'll tell you what, I, I, the, the, the isolation component to me was the hardest part. They, they had each of us enter and we were kind of on our own for a little while. And I think literally after about, of course, I guesstimate everything, but I think about after two hours, they stopped me and they said, okay, uh, we're going to completely blindfold you because they had to use uh, some red light to, to get to where they were taking me. But they had an isolation component where each individual was put into an area 
no contact whatsoever for about a minimum of 24 hours. And, um, that was a bitch. <laughs> I yeah. Gonna, I did really the, actually felt like a prisoner at that point. Yeah. Right. Did the, uh, did the cameraman interact with you or no? No, they were under real strict orders not to have any interaction. I mean, even if we accidentally, you know, bumped into them, which happened from time to time, you'd hit a camera or camera guy cause they're in close proximity to you. Um, no help from them. Um, I mean, if they were, if they had some kind of issue where they needed to shut down and do like a camera swap or, or trade uh, staff, they would go ahead and blindfold us, which I thought was a complete redundant task. But anyway, they would do it. <laughs> tell us to close our eyes, blindfold us and say, okay, we're going to be swapping out crew. And they would use little pin lights, uh, uh, red pin lights, but they were in infrared. They were filming in infrared and, and night vision, which, uh, you know, at least they had some vision, but every now and then they would fall down and we just, frankly, as a participants, just reveled in it. We, you know, <laughs> you know hey, yeah, motherfucker, like, how'd that feel? You yeah, know? I, how you like it now? Huh? I know how I feel. I, I tell you, man, I, one of the producers on the show, I, 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 I had banged up my knee pretty bad and I had brought some compression sleeves just in case. And I said, look, this thing's really getting out of hand. Uh, I said, either I'm going to take a T-shirt off and wrap it or give me a compression sleeve out of my backpack that I brought. And they said, well, we'll bring the equipment. We'll let you use that. And, uh, cause they felt like, you know, at that point, I think I was a fourth day in, but, yeah. but they gave it to me. And when he was coming back, this, I heard this guy bust his ass. I mean, fell in really far to a deep pocket of water and was just cussing like a sailor. And I just <laughs> laid there and laughed out loud. Like, you know, I, I reveled in shit like that. So. Yeah. That's all you can do. So how did the, how did the uh, selection process, like how did you even get on the show and, and how did you figure it out? Uh, you know, through Facebook, uh, of course, we've got a pretty big following with CrossFit Gymnastics and yeah, I've got a yeah. personal page that, you know, was always pretty paid with friends. But uh, somebody sent me something one day, said, Tucker, this is right up your alley. And I read it. It really just kind of laughed it off. I, 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 I sent them something like, Oh, Hey, this is cute. And that was about it. You know, I didn't respond to it. Two months later, uh, the producer of the show said, why didn't you fill out an application? And I just mm -hmm. said, you know, I, I don't really think this is my gig, you know, but right. what the hell? So I filled one out because they had looked, they checked me out, looked at my background, checked out the yeah. CrossFit thing like that. And, um, but they really, really were kind of intrigued by my unorthodox career. And, um, they said, we, we've got to have you fill out an application. So I did, Literally five minutes after I sent it, uh, I got a call from the producers of Discovery, and they said, we want you. We want to talk to you. That's awesome. So we sat and chatted for about an hour, did an online Skype interview, and next thing I know, two days later, a guy's calling me from Spain, the producer of the show, saying, okay, can you be available on these dates? It was just that simple. Wow. Wow. That's pretty cool. So yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of I caught on that you were up to something. And, uh, you know, because we're Facebook friends and, uh, yeah. you know, I, I've been to, I, I first met you uh, at the 2000, and I wanted to tell this story, at the 2008 <laughs> uh, games out at Castro's Ranch, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so so I had a, one of our gym members was, that was back, you know, when you didn't have to qualify, you just sign up. So we had a, a young stud who was competing in that. And so, uh, you know, I, I volunteered to judge. And uh, so I was a judge and you were a judge and uh, the, the young kid that we had competing in it, uh, it was, I think it was that chest of our pull-ups. You remember that? Oh yeah. 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 And you, my man, that was the first time I met you. My guy is, he, he's a stud, man. I and mean, this is I brand remember new it. chest of bar. Yeah. And he's, 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 he just can't get his chest to touch the bar. Right. Yeah. And you're yeah. no repping him rightly. So, and you're up on the rig with a perfect view and eye level. And then right. the two rigs next to him, the judges were just letting the people kind of just come close or whatever. And you know, rep the shit out of them. And I was like, Tucker, come on, man, can we get a break? And you were like, Nope, this yep. is, these are the rules. I don't care what they're doing next to me. And then the I, next I time, did. <laughs> you remember well, I, that? I remember it well. And I did tell him, I said, well, you just hit the fucking bar so I can count this and get it over with. <laughs> <laughs> Tucker, and, he's sitting up the top of the rig with his cowboy hat on. <laughs> and, and, and what was funny is you guys actually, if I recall, kind of had more of a back vision. Uh, you didn't have an ideal spot for where you were looking, I thought. But right. I, I, you know, and after I told him that, I'll be damned if the son bitch didn't start just picking the shit out of it. And, yeah. You know, and, and, and then they count, you know, but to, in all fairness, I also, I judged, um, God, what was her name? I can't, Jill. Uh, um, Munzee. Yeah. And, and 
she came in third that year and I, heck, I think I no repped her about four or five too, but it, you know, you got to do the, the task at hand, man. You know, that's all. Yeah, there no, that's, that, I've always admired, I've always admired that. As a judge, I always told, because I ran a few competitions, I always said, you're better off as a judge to piss off one person than to piss off the whole crowd or the other. Right. Because you're letting shit slide. So I got to tell you, man, being a judge is the most thankless fucking position on the planet. It's horrible. Yeah. It's a hard job to do first off, but it is absolutely thankless. My hat tip always goes to those who will step up and do that. I'll tell you who had a rough time is the officials that were doing the grid, you know, because yeah. that was really high pace, man. And you know what? They made mistakes. And I got to be honest with you, they made a lot of mistakes, but you know, that's hard to freaking judge that shit when you're going super fast. Yeah. Yeah. That it, it's, it's, you don't want to complicate it for damn sure. And they certainly did that. Yeah. Well, that's uh yeah. So that's, um, after after that, then, then your your gymnastics started going right around that time, right? Uh, about two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Yeah, was, yeah. Greg that. had kind of asked us to do some. Uh, we back then you had some seminars that were going, and then you also just had what they called uh, additional symposiums or, or clinics, and we were just kind of doing some clinics, and we had made some some stuff for, of course, this is going way back. We'd made some stuff for Tony Budding who was still with us. And, uh, you know, he really liked it and came out to the gym a lot after we'd built our gym and, um, loves G- GSX. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. It, it, and then, you know, just kind of from their popularity caught on and, and Greg asked us to uh, step in and, 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 and develop the seminar. And we did. It was, it was really <laughs> awesome when they did that, that, you know, you were one of the original SMEs back and still are uh, back when Ripito was around and yeah. was doing his stuff. And, yeah. uh, and I went to your gymnastics cert over in Tampa at Eric Osiello's gym, CrossFit right. Revol- Revolution. Right. And uh, it's a funny story. You, you actually got me to deny, still mix them up. Okay. Back lever <laughs> and front, le- front lever. So right. I basically had data skin the cat. Right. To, and you, you talked me into this and you were like, just hold it, hold it, hold it, man. And my eyes were bugging out of my head. But everybody cheered. I got it. I was like, oh, that was the hardest freaking thing I ever did. That was one of the hardest certs I've, I've gone to uh, was your gymnastics cert. I got a backflip there and a back lever, which, like I said, you made my eyes bleed. <laughs> so well, I thank it, you for it, that. It was just payback for giving me such a hard time being a judge. Good. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I, got a, I got a question for you. Yeah. Um, so – I was just always curious, like, how did all these special, like, these um, specialized uh, cert, um, certs start? I mean, did Greg, did Greg Glassman actually, like, solicit, like, you guys to, to teach these and put these programs together and make an agreement with you guys as far as, like, a partnership? I mean, I, I know, like, for instance, uh, a, lot, a lot of them no longer even offer it anymore. Um, they separated, I know like with the CrossFit kids, there was a big, uh, big issue there. Um, and it was a legal battle. I mean, were you like pretty much made very clear, like right from the beginning, listen, CrossFit owns everything. You're going to work for me. You're going to put it on. You're going to, we're going to do a percentage or whatever. I mean, how did that all go down? I was always well, that, Yeah. And there's a lot of questions in that, that statement. So I, let me kind of go back to the beginning. It, you know, back then, matter of fact, I still have a photograph in my office. There's me, uh, Coach Bergner. Um, we've got Ripito there, Jeff and Mickey. Uh, Rob Wolf wasn't even in yet. Um, uh, he was doing the level ones back then. He hadn't started his seminar yet. And then we had uh, mm-hmm. Martone. Jeff Martone. Yep. And uh, did I say Brian McKenzie? Not yet. You just yeah, know. and I think that was all of us. And so we were all – basically, Greg had a, – a, in the beginning, he really had a true open-source approach to fitness. So when he came and, and learned about us, which we did – I think we were affiliate number 278, and then we hosted a Level 1 right when Greg had stopped teaching the Level 1, and Dave and Nicole kind of took over that component. They came out. 
And of course it was kind of the who's who of CrossFit back then. You had Tony Budding, you had Kelly Starrett, who was uh, a lowly level one <laughs> coach. Yeah. And Rob nobody Wolf. Knew yeah. yeah, nobody knew him. Rob Wolf, that's when I met Rob and, and he changed my life forever. And Andy Stump uh, was doing and, it back then too, right? Yeah, Andy was doing it then. And in our particular course, you had Dave and Nicole came out and, and Greg showed up uh, for a couple of reasons. One, he wanted to kind of check out who I was, what our gym was, because frankly, at that time, this is going to 06. I just built a brand new facility in Fort Worth from the ground up, uh, bought the land, built the building. I remember that. And, and dude, it was like, it was the premier gym in the yes. world at that time. It and, definitely and, was. and I think honestly a big inspiration to a lot of boxes over the years. But mm-hmm. all that said, uh, you know, Stephen, they, they, he saw what we were doing the, and he watched the response to our initial uh, introduction in the community. And, you know, I, I think I've gotten a, re- a reputation as a guy who doesn't pull any punches. I'll tell you what I think. And we also are, want to be a voice of reason about instruction. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys like, hey, look, if you don't have the move, why don't you develop the strength, then get the move, yeah. and then get speed? You know, I, so I try to take a very logical, common sense approach. But he liked that. And so when he asked me to, to, to take over and do the gymnastic thing, which was really just starting, um, I told him, I said, yeah. And so, I mean, you know, I, I developed a syllabus. We always would tweak it throughout time. It's changed greatly from the very first class we taught today uh, to today. And so, yeah, it was just really a, a very laissez fair approach. Um, uh, you know, we had carte blanche to do, uh, you know, to do no harm, but we had carte blanche to teach gymnastic components and it just was in our wheelhouse. And so we did well with it, but uh, I, that's really kind of how everybody else developed too. Um, you know, we had a certain percentage split based off of the structure of the business, which was great. Mm-hmm. And Greg was very, you know, honestly, um, he was nicer about it than I would have been within my own business, you know? So, you know, we mm-hmm. were, we were given an incredible opportunity. And, and I think I'm not saying anything negative or positive about anybody when I say this next statement, but I think if a lot of the, uh, things that have come from it have also been because of what we've put into it. And, you know, we were willing to step up and bleed. We were willing to sacrifice. We were willing to build this thing slowly over time and, and try to create something that was worthwhile. And I think a lot of the other SMEs were like that. I think there were some personalities, obviously, that, yeah. that clashed for whatever. I mean, I, I love Mark Ripito to death, but, you know, he's a grizzly bear in a china closet. And, 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 and I wished he was still here. I, I really enjoyed Rip a great deal. I, I learned a lot from him. Yeah, um, no doubt. You know, but, hey, for whatever reason, you know, things change. I mean, hell, who knows? Maybe tomorrow things change for me. But, uh, you know, it's – we certainly – I take a lot of pride in the fact that I've been doing this now almost 11 years. Yeah, you're like the, you and uh, Mike Bergner are pretty much the uh, – I think you guys are the, the lone survivors from the original. Well, and, Mar- and Martone is still there, you know? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I went to my level one in 07, uh, and Greg was still teaching, and Jeff Martone did his kettlebell uh, seminar within yeah. the level one. Now, we talked about this on a previous podcast, and Buddy Lee was the jump rope guy. Do you remember yeah, yeah. Buddy? <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember Buddy. I remember that was buddy. awesome, dude. He was dude, at man. the games, man. He was at I the know. games this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, an amazing talent. I, I think here's the thing, too, that, that we are lucky in one sense, if nothing else, and that is that our, our genre tends to be that last go-to for most CrossFitters or coaches. And You mean gymnastics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. our gymnastic genre, our, our, what we're teaching, our niche. And I get it, and, and, but, but ultimately what, what that's done for us is given us a lot of staying power. And the relevance – for what we teach is, is this, and this gets back to your comment about doing a back lever, for example. If you, if you can do these types of movements, well, exponentially, your increase in strength, uh, spatial awareness, kinesthetic awareness, whatever you want to call it, going back to the, the barbell or anything else that you do in CrossFit, it, it's going to cross-pollinate, and it's going to do it rather easily, and it's going to improve you. Um, so I get why a lot of people who've never even done any form of body movement is worried about coming to our course. However, when they take our course, we've got a very specific, uh, model that we follow in our template, no matter what level of athlete or coach you are, 
uh, or beginner you are, we start at the basics and then ramp up over the course of 16 hours. Well, and that, really, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just the beginning. I mean, it, it, you have to. We're, we're talking about thousands of movements in gymnastics that we could teach. Mm-hmm. And we've got to hone that down to a weekend and we've got to make it relevant and we've got to make it relevant to competition. We have to make it relevant to coaching. We have to make it relevant to making you a stronger, better person. I, I think all of that's really difficult to do, but we do it well. And then when people see it, well, you know, the proof's in the pudding and that's what's kept us, um, you know, frankly, we're the number one SME course out there right now. I, I agree. And, you know, and I went a long time ago, but what immediately struck me was what maybe, first of all, we were actually in a CrossFit gym that had a gymnastics gym. Uh, they were part of that gym. So we had, you know, the floor space and the springboards and, you know, the, we had all kinds of support. And, and, but you taught gymnastics the way gymnastics is supposed to be taught, but yet you were able to, you and your crew were able to relate it back to, okay, you guys want to, you know, do better thrusters or you want to get a better deadlift or, you know, handstand pushup, then if you master these skills. So I, I was immediately struck by, look, I'm learning actual real gymnastics, but I'm in a context of, hey, you can use this for other things. So I was really impressed by that. And I'm sure it's gotten even way better than when, and I'm raving about it. I still use things that you said in my classes with people. And I still use the skills that you taught me back in 08 or 09. Well, and I, and I appreciate that. I mean, it, it, you know, it's an affirmation to what we try to do. I, I'll say this, it, it you know, the, and I think, well, especially when I was teaching it, I was very clear to make sure that everybody understood that, look, it, it, you know, we're doing gymnastic skills and components, but the beauty of it is you don't have to worry about the subjective judging component. You don't have right. to worry about the art and aesthetic of it. This is all strength and, and skill development, but you know, from the, from, if I put on my gymnastic coaching hat and just, you know, no CrossFit, but just strictly, you know, purest specificity sport, um, I can see how people get, you know, you know, get their panties in a twist about, well, why the hell are these people doing, you know, muscle ups or right. you know, iron crosses or back levers? You know, what, why is it relevant to them? And it show it always showed me early on that the gymnastic community didn't understand what the hell we were doing. 10 years, 11 years later, well, now everybody's riding my damn coattails saying, hey, how can I be a part? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Coach Coach Summers was, he, with his gymnastic bodies, right? Um, In the beginning, they were, he was really hardcore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am. (laughs) I just, well, I mean, I'm not saying in a bad way, but I know he's definitely was a purist. Yeah. And uh, he kind of like came in and out of the CrossFit community a little bit here and there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think maybe he's a little bit more on board now. I don't know. Well, and here's the thing. I think, you know, I take nothing away from him. He is an incredible national coach. Uh, he, you know, from a personal perspective, he's, he's a difficult individual to deal with because you're dealing with, in his mind, he thinks you're bastardizing the sport that basically he and I both love. Right. And, and I, I would welcome any opportunity to talk openly with him on the mic or face to face. There's no doubt that he is like many other national coaches in the nation or even those up in the higher ranks of the USGAF. And, and, and that's great. But it, it also took a long time for them. I mean, we would go to symposiums and talk at gymnastic conference and explain to them what we're doing and explain to them, like, look, if, if you've got a tumbler who doesn't know how to open that hip or they're closing their hip when they're doing their full, let me show you what I can do with a kettlebell to improve your gymnast right. and then vice versa. Well, let me show you what I can do with a gymnast, uh, 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 it, it, gymnastic movement to improve a normal, you know, athlete who's never stepped into the realm of our world. And that was the thing. It, it, we were getting such cross-eyed looks from people just because they were so purist about their own bullshit, you know, that they wouldn't open their eyes to a, to a method that could help people in so many different ways. So it, it, yeah, I take nothing away from him as a gymnastic coach at all, but I think they were certainly, you know, and, and frankly, he was the guy that originally Greg reached out and tried to talk to. Really? Yeah. And, but, and here was the, but he wasn't willing to, either compromise what he thought his Mm -hmm. principles were for the bigger picture here. And it takes vision to do what we've done. Um, And and so if you're closed minded about it and you're going to be a purist elitist national gymnastic coach, well, Hey, more power to you. Go do it. Well, what I, 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 what I saw, I think from you was like, you said, look, these guys are going to do this stuff anyway. Let's, 
let's figure out a way to keep them safe and progressing and, and give yeah. them the background so that they, they can get better. I mean, they're going to like, you know, just like we have the same problem with Olympic weightlifting. Right. Right. So, well, no, yeah. and why not? Why not? I mean, that, you know, I just, I just did a speaking engagement yesterday and it's kind of going back to this, this darkness thing. Like, why would you do that? That's the one question that I always get. Well, my, my answer to that is a question. Why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you step outside your comfort zone and find a way to improve, you know, either your fitness or your mentality and things. And that's, that's the one thing that our course does. It, it, it you will be a changed individual when you leave that course. We'll show no, no. you how to do it properly, safely, et cetera. But it's all about being a better human. That's just all there is to it. Yeah. You know, you're talking about coach Summers, man. I remember uh, reading some stuff on the uh, message board with him and him and uh, Glassman going back, back and forth. It was kind of entertaining. Yeah. Uh, well, and I, you know, and that's the drama of it all, but yeah. you know, the, the, the cool thing is this, I think we've more than proven the point over the years and, and, you know, when, I mean, even to this day, I, I will get letters five, six, seven years uh, ago. I met these individuals talking about how we changed either their perspective as a coach. Um, you know, I, you know, what's really tough about gymnastics is when I was a gymnast, you had point A to point Z, right? And you had everything you had to do in between there. It had a very specific progression before you were allowed to go to another level or reach for the next brass ring. And I understand that, that that's being in that sport. You're very purist about what you're developing, but that's not what we're doing with a 38 year old housewife who's never been on a set of rings in an inverted position, lowering into a back lever. I mean, so the beauty of it is I can take that individual. If she's got some prerequisite strength development, which she would normally tend to have at our courses from CrossFit and say, okay, well, let's get you upside down in a zero plane. Let's lower you and let's show you what that load feels like. That's what you did to me. Yeah, well, and, and that's just, it. you know, but the proofs of the pudding, when you go, wow, I actually can hold more of that than I thought I could. Right. And, and okay, well let's, let's go beyond scale to, to the full load here. But if you get to where you can, you know, in, in a front and back lever, if you can hold that, I, I know what you can do with a barbell. I right. know what you can do with it. And, and that's, that's the thing that people just went, aha, now I get it. Yeah. I think, that's, I think that's one of the biggest pieces. I mean, one of them that's missing from a lot of these CrossFit gym programs, you know, is they don't get enough skill work in. I mean, I was guilty of it for a long time, but now we kind of really – push it in there like two days a week we have skill work and um it, it's really popular man i mean i love getting people up in a handstand position or a headstand and for the first time and they're freaked out because they're like oh my god this is awesome and then they were good then they just want to keep doing it over and over again and it's exciting for them yeah well and and it you know the other thing too is it, it, in anything whether it be crossfit or, or gymnastics you're only going to get out of it what the hell you put into it mm -hmm. if you're not willing to put in the additional work and 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 time to reach a specific goal it's like a bar muscle up or these 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 muscle up drills um you know you can throw the kitchen sink at it and maybe get up above it but wouldn't you like to know how to travel uh, more fluidly uh more yeah. efficiently and you know, then it's about, can you, you know, we always get back to anytime somebody shows me a chained movement, like multiple kipping muscle-ups, for example, my next question to them based off where I see their strength prowess is, is okay, well, how many of these can you do strict? Uh -huh. And normally that number tends to be zero. Low, yeah. Or zero. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then I go, okay, so you're telling me your goal is you want to do more intensity, faster repetition, et cetera. Well, why are you working on the strength component for this? So right. let's, let's back you up. Let's get you doing, you know, show me five strict muscle-ups and the last one's better than the first one. And if you can start making that part of your skill set, well, when you get ready to kip, well, all of a sudden that shit's a lot easier. Yeah, definitely. Well, that, I mean, that, you know, when you're, you're talk, talking about kipping, that's a whole can of worms, but um, ultimately the people that argue either way for or against that are not recognizing the skill and strength for progression that goes into building a correct kip and there's nothing wrong with it right and so i know uh i know you talked you said something about um at the seminar when i went there that uh um sure you may be able to climb a rope but you need to be able to do these other things first before i would actually have you climb a rope and then when you do climb that rope you're going to be a million times better so i'm you know, i'm actually working on a rope climb a better rope climb but i'm not even touching a rope right right 
Right. You know, or, 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 you know, if you get into a rope climb, for example, have you ever climbed a rope without your legs? You know, right. you know, have you ever been able to come down a rope without your legs? And being able to do that is obviously a testament to upper body strength. But I, hell, I've seen, there was one major I met at Fort Bragg, you know, in full gear. This guy could climb a rope hand over hand and never, never raise his legs up at all. I mean, it was awesome to see and it could climb it quickly. But when we were kids, that was part of our conditioning. We had to sit on the ground in an L-sit position, hand over hand, 20 foot up a rope, touch the top, come down hand over hand. You know, we even made it where it was a speed contest because, you know, actual rope climbs used to be in the Olympics. Yeah. And, well, that, and that, was, that was no legs, right? You're in an right. L-sit position, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's still a sport today, but, you know, it, it, God, I mean, those people back then looked like they were carved out of stone by Michelangelo, man. And they were, no you want to talk about functional. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had that. I mean, Steven, Steven's way too old to remember me and you were young guys, Jeff. But, uh, <laughs> Tucker, but, uh, do you remember the presidential, uh, fitness test? Oh, yeah. Kenny, yeah. And you, we had the rope climb, we had the vault, we had yeah. pull-ups, we had a hundred yards, yeah. hundred yard run and something else. I don't, and you got the little patch that you could wear and that was gym class. Yeah. Yeah. Three, I mean, four or yeah. five times a week. The playground at, at my old elementary had pull-up bars, monkey bars, um, you know, gosh, we used to actually swing from one set of monkey bars to another. There's like yeah. a ten-foot span between them, you know, and and you, you know anything that we could do for movement and and hell, we had recess back then. You know, yeah. just give the damn teachers a break and calm us. <laughs> yeah, 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 there was no teachers. There was no helmets. No teachers. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> nothing. It was chaos. But hell, we were. Today, I mean, we were all fitter. Yeah, today you can't even friggin' play dodgeball because you might hurt somebody with like, yeah. a rubber ball. Anyway. So did I answer your question though, Stephen? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, it was it, it just like you said, it was a bunch of questions. It was more just like kind of like explain, you know, how yeah. it all went down because I was always curious. I mean, I've heard bits and pieces from, from some of the uh, uh, other uh, SME people that I've met and got the yeah kind of curious what you're now let me ask you this did you uh i heard a rumor that you were like uh you kind of dieted down for the show and you went on a keto diet is that is that true i don't know well i i dieted up for for the show (laughs) (laughs) kind of like going to ranger school you want to fatten up first i did man i i I put on you know an easy 10 maybe 15 pounds and um uh really wanted to kind of have some fat reserves going in because i i mean i didn't eat for five days uh, we found water on the third day, uh, third, third and a half day. And, um, you know, some of the guys found earthworms, but I just wasn't quite hungry oh. enough yet. And, <laughs> you know, and, and we found some crawfish, but you couldn't eat those cause we couldn't really cook them, you know, do the bacteria and stuff. But, um, but, but yeah, so I, 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 I did, I put on some table muscle and then when I got out, um, I was actually doing keto prior to it and gave that up just for the show and then got out and, and really even now more so I'm back kind of really, really strict on my keto again. I'm trying to get to a specific weight right now. And, and I've just kind of got my gym uh, completed out here at the ranch. But yeah, I, 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 I actually love that. I, I like the cognitive I get from uh, that form of nutrition. I like that it's gotten rid of a lot of crap. Um, you know, I, I still do love whiskey more than probably most men, but I, I, <laughs> It's hard to give things like that up. Uh, you and Ripito ought to get together. Oh, uh, hell, Ripito doesn't even know what good whiskey is. <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, Ooh, shots fired. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, it, you know, and what's really sad is I'm, you know, my next big business venture is I'm, I'm literally about to, to start a uh, distillery here in the local town where I'm living. And, oh, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Tucker Whiskey. I'm going to do it, man. We're, we're making a, we're going to make a frontier Texas sour mash and uh, we're going to do a bourbon and some vodka and stuff. But uh, so it's going to be real hard to stay strict. keto and, and do all that. <laughs> well, that's why you, that's why you go keto. Have you, uh, have you messed around with uh, intermittent fasting or time restricted feeding? You know, uh, I have, and, and I, I, you know, I've been studying a lot of stuff lately. Just, I kind of got off of Rob the other day talking about the amount of food that you're eating and how your body 
over time is wearing down in certain mm-hmm. aspects because of overeating really. I, yeah. I used to be a grazer and, and I'll be honest with you, that never worked for me. I, I was all, I mean, I was never hungry, but I was just felt like I was always fat and, and carrying more fat than I should and trying to even graze. I mean, very strict the right way, but I really enjoy, especially now. Um, I mean, I work out at the ranch pretty much all day if I can. And, and then, I, I, I'll probably get in my little office for a couple of hours each day, do what I need to for CFG and, and support staff and whatnot. But uh, there's always something to do out here. And I have several projects that I've got going at, at, at three, three things at once. But all that said to say this, I get up, I have my coffee. Uh, I've got a little additive I'm putting in my coffee now, but what are you, what are you putting in there? Oh, I hate to tell you, I'm going to come back to it. I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I'll have, I'll have a coffee and then I really, I, I won't eat until yeah, until afternoon uh and normally it'll be some fat and maybe a little protein not much and then have a meal in the evening and that i really actually enjoy how i feel doing that and i i haven't seen a big zap in uh, my energy level now that's probably going to change with the new programming i'm about to start doing for my own fitness and so i'm probably going to bolster that up a little bit with a different form of nutrition but i just I like the fact that I'm not fucking always thinking, okay, well now it's time for another meal or, yeah. and I, and everybody's got a different goal, man. I, I get if, you, if you're getting ready for a competition or, you know, you're getting ready for a bikini competition or whatever you're doing, you've got a specific nutritional thing you've got to hit with your training. But uh, for me, what I want to do, I just want to feel good. I want my joints to feel good. Yeah. Uh, getting off the alcohol really helps that immensely. Uh, yep. I suffer a little bit from eczema and, when I'm on the diet, I'm clean. I have no problems. If, if so, I go, so when you're, yeah, when you're, so your skin problems go away a little bit when you get off the alcohol and you get a little bit of uh, a cleaner diet. Is, is I mean, gone. I don't mean go yeah. away a little bit. They're gone. Okay. I, and, and I noticed that too, even when I got out of the cave, I was really blown away by, I felt so good. I felt, I felt like I'd had this beautiful cleansing fasting going on because all I had was water. Yeah. Yeah. But I was also working. We we literally did. We worked so hard. Uh, I'd eaten a big meal right before I went in because I went. I saw that. I think, yeah. you put it, I think you took a picture of it on Facebook. Yeah, right? man. Yeah. And and I I mean, none of us to a man had a bowel movement the whole time we were in there. And oh shit. You know, yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No pun intended. You know. Um, How much weight I, did you lose? How much uh, weight did you take off? Jeff? I probably lost about ten pounds uh, okay. in the cave, and and beyond water weight, you know? Um, and you know, as far as doing the keto thing, when I was, I was at two Oh five, normally my carry weights been around between 180, 190, sometimes 195. And, and I'm only five, nine, I'm not a big guy. Um, but I would really, my go weight right now is I want to get down to about maybe 170, 175 is what I'd like to hit. Um, I figure if I fall short, hit 180 or 185, I'm still yeah. pretty good. But, I, I, you know, I, I want to pack on some muscle. I want to get rid of some fat. And, you know, I, and if you think about it, gosh, man, these guys that walk around, you know, with 180, they look like they weigh 250 anyway, just all right. that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I'm really – I'm about to get really, really serious about some stuff and, and do some changes. Are you doing Are you doing uh, keto uh, – exogenous keto? Um any kind of supplements or anything? You know, that, I, or? I toyed with that just because I wanted to see what that was like. Uh, you know, and, and for me, I just really enjoy doing it with the food. Um, when when I, I I did like their uh, MTC packet, I thought that was off the hook. It tasted good. And Who was uh, that? What company? Uh, gosh, I'd, I'd have to pull it up. It's ketones, I think. Um, and I... I liked that product a lot. I, I enjoyed it. it. It was better than just dropping the oil in, but I've really kind of come back to purist uh, right now, just trying to go through food. And you asked me what I'm putting in my coffee right now. So I'll tell yeah, you. I hate, yeah. Okay. So let me just preface this. I hate MLMs. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> uh, I absolutely loathe them. Uh, yeah. I have a lot of people. So you're not selling Advocare. I am not. I'm not. Okay. I'm sorry. And I'm just nothing against anybody who's doing it. Right. Uh, you know, obviously it got, you know, rich froning to the games, but anyway, uh, <laughs> I, did you catch the joke? Did you catch the joke? Yes. I, I'm probably going to get shot somewhere with a sniper <laughs> now, but, but anyway, the, the, the thing of it was this, um, uh, <laughs> I, 
a guy, when I went down to Harvey uh, for the hurricane, a guy said, hey, I want you to try some coffee. Um, and it's going to help you get some energy level. And so I said, okay, well, I love coffee. Send it to me. And what he does is he puts it, this company only makes one product, which I thought was kind of cool. And I tried it out. It's called Revital U. And what I don't like about it is it's also considered a weight management system. But Mm -hmm. what I love about it is, you know, screw testosterone. This stuff is incredible. Uh, It, it, I have never had more energy. Uh, now it's kind of got some banned substances for like, if you're a games competitor, because it has a bronchial dilator substance in there, which works as an anti, uh, appetite thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, but all that BS aside, if anybody or the government comes and tries to take what I've got stocked up in my house away from me, there's going to be a fight. <laughs> it's uh, a, don't mess with Texas. I'm telling you, man, I, I, I get it. it. Well, it's Come a little take tab- tablespoon in my or teaspoon in my coffee, uh, and I am I am so good to go. And I've had people who kind of follow me on Facebook, and they've they noticed that I was doing this stuff. I don't really promote it. Yeah, and and they've been calling me saying, "Where the hell can I get more of this stuff?" So anyway, it, so, it, so I uh, I back in the early days when I was in the bodybuilding, which was like 150 years ago, uh, <laughs> I actually used to take. Um, bronchial dilators before I trained heavy. Yeah. And I, Jeff, I swear, man, I've never, I've never taken heroin or meth or anything crazy like that, but I swear I would literally put like 30 pounds on my bench press and I'd be able to train so crazy, but the ephedrine, right? is basically what you're talking about. But the problem with the problem with it, with me is uh, I started uh, I started getting bronchitis because what happened is like the elasticity in your bronchi and your lungs starts kind of like losing its texture because of the bronchial dilator and I literally started feeling like when I when I was breathing like I was getting like <laughs> and uh, I had to stop taking it man so you know I don't know if it's the same stuff but uh, well, they had that they had that back in the they took the ephedrine out what was that stuff that in the um in the oh. 90s uh, early 2000s it uh, ripped rip fuel or uh, hydroxycut and hydroxycut hydroxycut and they they that shit was the bomb until they took the ephedrine out well it had yeah. other stuff and it had like chinese herbs like mon mon ha or something like that Corona. and they're like oh well you know it's it's natural. It's, 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 you know, it's natural. Yeah. So is cocaine, dude. They get that shit. From <laughs> I mean, you know, I, it doesn't mean it's healthy, you know? And yeah. Yeah. I, I get it, man. That stuff's amazing. You know? It's, well, and, and I, yeah. And I, I mean, I, it's, it's a pretty low dose. I mean, I've checked yeah. out the ingredients and, and, you know, and I, we did some testing on it and stuff, you know, but I, I'm just, you know, what I like about it is, and, and, it's not like you got to have it every day, but you're, you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's got some fruit extract stuff, uh, the, the, the type of coffee that they're using and you know, the, uh, uh like, the, like and, the new bulletproof co- coffee, right? You know, well, yeah. And probably a lesser healthier version of it. I, I imagine I, 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 you know, but it's pretty simple ingredients overall. Um, but I do know that, that when you're looking at the vitamin B that's in it and those types of things, I, man, I swear it's like somebody took a veil over off my eyes. When well, I, you did this, you did, well, you got introduced to this, um, the revital you, and that was at while you, and this is a good thing. We, we want to talk about this is you actually went to hurricane Harvey with your boat, uh, in Houston, uh, in the flooding. And that's where you got introduced to this. Yeah. Um, and obviously that those are long days, hard work. Right. And you yeah. volunteered to, you know, help people in and out. And I watched, uh, you were on a, um, a Facebook guy. I don't know who he was. Uh, Buzzfeed. It, pop- it was yeah, Buzzfeed. Buzzfeed. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And so he did it. He wrote along with you guys, a reporter from Buzzfeed yeah. and a camera and they live streamed a lot of the shit that you were doing. And I was like, fucking go Tucker, go man. You're mm-hmm. awesome, dude. Tell us a little bit about what went down when you went to Harvey. I know you, you ran into some troubles there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I didn't own a boat before Harvey. So I, I, I went and bought, I, I made three trips down there. I went and bought a boat, tell my wife, damn. Hey, I'm, I'm going to go down there. These are fellow Texans. You know, they're not far yep. from, from where we're at. And, and, uh, just couldn't stand seeing, you know, the stuff that was going on down there. And, 
Uh, sorry about the farm animals in the background, but, but uh, I thought that was Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, we so we went down there and, and just helped out, and I ended up hooking up with an old strike team down there and some guys that I also a former Marine uh, buddy of mine actually used to train at our gym uh, down there, and and just man just went and helped out. We had um, some problems in the first day and a half we were there. I was having some boat problems. Uh, I had bought a used boat, but it just didn't really quite measure up to what we needed i came back and frankly just defeated just felt like god dang it you know i hate that yeah. this happened the way it did so i was repacking my bags i told tracy actually i told her on the way back i said if i tell you i'm going back down there just tell me no mm-hmm. and, and just don't let me do it she ain't gonna tell you no well she did you know and i said okay well i'm going anyway and so <laughs> it, but we kind of had some pretty bad experience that first 24 or 36 hours and Anyway, so I went to Abilene, bought a new boat, got something more specific to what was needed down there. Uh, it was an old uh, Tracker Grizzly style and, and uh, had lights on it so we could help out at night and that kind of yeah. thing. So I really got what we needed, the right tool for the right job. And, and uh, yeah, went down there and helped out. BuzzFeed jumped on and, you know, made us famous. I think, I don't know, got a couple hundred thousand views off that day. And Yeah, no, it was a really cool video. Yeah. I mean, like, tell me, I mean, I know that y'all went into a, uh, you, you carried a family out and then you were up at the landing yeah. on the street at the, you know, where the high watermark was and y'all took somebody back on and brought them into a house yeah. and you went and then there were some pets left behind. Yeah, he had actually left his pets up on the microwave and, and asked us if we could help him. And I said, yeah, come on, let's go. And, and now water, I think at that point was only about four or five foot deep. But, you know, like, who the hell does that? Do, you know, at the amount of people who were leaving their pets behind blew me away. Yeah. Uh, whether chained to trees or that kind of bullshit. Did, but, did you see a lot of that when you were down we there? Did. Yeah, we did. And, and thank God, everybody kind of took on their thing. Like, there were people down there dealing with just livestock. Mm-hmm. There were people down there dealing with just dogs and cats and, and they would set up these, these clinics and areas for them. But yeah, we went back and got us pets. And of course it made for a wonderful thing on, on the internet, but came back with that. And uh, Kurt and I just, you know, we literally, I think we went with about maybe three hours sleep each day when we were down there and um, the coffee came in really handy. <laughs> yeah. But now well, we, I mean, at one point we were driving, we were literally driving on the only road that was passable to get to Port Arthur and, and the Beaumont area. And there was a massive explosion right in front of us. A chemical. Yeah. Big chemical plant exploded literally on, I think it was highway 90, literally on the highway that we were traveling to the only highway we could get to. And all the cops shut us down. It turned out to be like a level three hazmat and, and which which is serious and yeah, um, there's a refrigeration plan and, uh, and then there was something else they had, uh, organic, um, phosphate. No, it starts with a B. It'll come to me in a minute. Um, damn it. I can't believe I've forgotten that, but the old firefighter days just don't work like they used to. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was a hazmat tech myself and I don't remember any of that shit. I don't even think I knew it when I was mm-hmm. doing it. You know? it, it just literally, you know, they shut us down and we spent probably six hours driving, just trying to find an alternate route and finally had to go back to base camp, get a couple hours sleep, grab a shower. And we found another route in the next day. How were the, uh, I, I know uh, there was another video on YouTube. Um, somebody came in there, one of those big gigantic uh, swamp mutters. And, I saw that. Yeah. And the, yeah. You know what I'm talking about then? And the cop just like, you know, just, totally shut them down and was being a dick which you know like you got to have perspective on that that cop is like trying to do his job and he's been out there for hours and days maybe and you know here comes this knucklehead but uh did you run into any problems with um you know the uh, governmental agencies no i mean and i think a lot of that has to do with approach i mean of course you know i could tell them hey look former this former that right um you know we're just down here doing xyz and where can we help and even got I had direct numbers to dispatch and direct numbers to sheriff's offices. And we were just, uh, we kind of bypassed what was going on so that we didn't have to deal with a lot of that. We would go to areas that we knew either a needed help or, uh, Hey, this is, this is inundated. Don't go there. So we, right. we did our, 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 our Intel pretty well. Um, but we, we would get some questions from time to time on the water and that's just part of it. You know, it, it started to get kind of dicey by the third, fourth day because mm-hmm. people were getting, boat stolen uh-huh uh, you yeah. know and, and that kind of thing well and, i know there was some problems initially with yeah. uh 
looters and and shooting. Did you run it? and shooting. Yeah. Yep. Did y'all run in any? I know the uh, the Cajun Navy was that was a big story. We were yeah. we were bracing for uh, the hurricane here in Florida um, when y'all were out there, and so yeah. uh, we were hearing all these things, you know, the looting, and then there was that app, that that uh, phone app, the Zello, yeah, Zello, yeah, um, which. I- it's a walkie-talkie, yeah. man. Yeah, I mean, it actually worked pretty well. I, I downloaded it and used it. But, the, mm-hmm. yeah, there were some people. I mean, the Cajun Navy did have some boats stolen. They had some stuff taken. Um, we were in an area over in Cypress Creek in Houston where uh, some gunshots were exchanged. Uh, of course, Cajun Navy was all armed. We ended up right. – we, we, were, we were packing. We were armed. And, well, you, you'd be uh, crazy not to be. Yeah, I got a concealed license, and so does Kurt. So we were – you know, we had that and, and back up on top of that. I tell, you what, I tell you what I love about Texas. I called a guy in Texas. He runs uh, the Buckmasters thing out here in Brown County. And I said, hey, man, we need some ammo and I need a couple of vests and some stuff. Like, boom, done. You know, nice. I, I, it like thousands of rounds just sitting <laughs> our way. It was yeah. nuts. You know, well, like we were going into war. You know? Right. Well, I mean, it, it, hey, it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Right? Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. But, yeah, but that was uh, – I mean, that was a hell of a trip, man. We, and then I, when I came back, we ended up doing uh, – the boat work was pretty much done by the time I came back. We, at that point, I wasn't going to be a taxi service for anybody. And right. that's what it kind of turned into. Yeah. Uh, they didn't need us anymore on the first responder side, so everybody was kind of standing down. And I hooked up my um, 24-foot trailer, and we got a bunch of stuff donated and took it back down there. And then some of the local townspeople were going to – other small towns like Victoria and, and Refugio and uh, uh, spots like that, Rockport that needed help and, you know, chainsaws or what have you. Well, it seems like they're a little bit back on their feet now. The Houston Astros beat the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, to yeah. go to the series. So. The Dodgers, you mean? Or is it the Dodgers? Uh, well, they're playing the Dodgers now, but the Astros oh, oh, yeah. beat the Yankees yeah. to go in the wild card to go to the – that's right. Uh, World That's Series. Right. So they're yeah. playing that now. But you know what we got to talk about, dude, is is that freaking truck that you just bought. I, I know <laughs> you put up a bunch of pictures. You're like, hey, I'll, you know, first thing was like a Range Rover and then an old uh, International Scout. And then you got this beast, dude. Yeah. I was and looking for <laughs> you made it. You, you gave me a term uh, The the term you said you called it was I, I can't remember what it was. It was a. Um, uh, incognito restoration or uh, a, a sleeper restoration sleeper restoration yeah. that, tell us about it because that truck is if you guys are listening and you're not looking at tucker's facebook this truck is beast so it's tell cool. us about this thing i love it so i've been looking for something i, I kind of dabble in classics and i had sold a couple that i had with 66 coupe mustang and a 53 morgan and uh i've still got two i'm probably going to unload those i'm kind of downsizing but i still wanted something that i could drive that had a lot of patina on it you know looked original but but had like i like said steven's barbells exactly <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah just knock that dust out there right um that's what my wife tells me anyway but i but anyway it's a 66 carry-all two-door which is our three-door which is the the precursor to the suburban what we've got today yeah it looks like an old school suburban yeah, and, and it's sitting up on 36-inch tires. It's got the old Whoa. original split ring rims, which are hardly anybody works on them anymore. So I'm probably going to have to change that. But it's on a, a three-quarter inch, uh, a three, three-ton frame, uh, six-inch lift. Uh, and then with the tires, probably gets another two or three inches. And, uh, but it's got an old 4.3 Vortec engine. And it's a frame-up restoration. He took the body off. And did everything underneath, undercarriage, powertrain, et cetera, and then put the body back on and updated the important stuff, you know, panels, instruments, that kind of thing. So it looks and, like a big old piece of shit rolling down the road, but it underneath it's beast. It and you is. went out, you went out, you went to, uh, you, you and uh, your buddy went out and picked this thing up. Yeah, you we flew, flew out to uh, John Wayne Airport there in Orange County. Yeah, I've been there, yeah. Yeah, and then... Uh, he came and picked us up at the airport, drove us to his house, which was about 50 minutes away. Uh, Jorge's Garage, if you want to look him up on Instagram. <laughs> he's got some garage, really, Jorge's Garage, man. He, he's got some really cool shit. All he does is C10s. So everything he does is a Chevy truck. So he's real good at what he does, but he'll 
he'll you know like he took an old 56 uh chevy truck step side and turned it into some this brand new looking car that a guy's using as a daily driver and it's you know you see him pulling his boat with it it's really awesome so <laughs> so we, we went out there and when you see it i mean yeah the the hood is completely it's got that beautiful rust coloration <laughs> yeah it's um, like rusty but not dusty it's, exactly you know exactly. what i mean it's like it's like a, it's supposed to be there exactly you know? it's got a bullet hole in the back right panel Get out. what in the window and i, nice. and I said man i am leaving that that's hell yeah <laughs> they used to have those they used to have those stickers behind that how'd that happen i don't know he didn't know he it was there when he got it and he just never <laughs> took it out i wouldn't mess with it yeah that's i'm gonna leave it and and I, the only thing i'm gonna do to it is I'm going to update the seats inside and make those more modern, and I'll probably finish. He painted the firewall and the dash, its original interior color. So I'm probably going to come back on the inside and just do those little tweaks, uh, kind of quieten it down with some rhino and carpet and stuff, because yeah. it is, I'm going to tell you, it's a loud mother. Oh, mother I can imagine. I can, are you going to use that for a ranch truck, or are you going to uh, daily I'm gonna drive use it. I'm going to both. Yeah, I want to use it, you know, if I need to go pick up some feed or – Stuff from Home Depot. It gets a lot of looks, man. And, and man. when it's driving that, to yeah. do what? You paint that thing like the Partridge Family bus. <laughs> when, you're driving, when you're driving down the road, people literally <laughs> would pull out their cameras Big, and start man. filming us as we were driving. And I'd well, hit accelerator yeah, it sounds like a boss, man. You uh, you put up some really cool pictures in your travels, and like uh, I was thinking of the Eagles songs, you know. Uh, yeah. standing on a, in Winslow, Arizona, and you're driving <laughs> cross-country in this thing, and, and you actually met up with Jenny Bassey. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we stopped in Tucson, yeah, yeah. And she's in Tucson now? Yeah, she's in Tucson now, yeah. And so I can imagine the looks you got. How was the ride back in that thing, though? Man? I'm going to tell you what, she rides like a dream. I, I, I really thought it was going to be tough. That it was the, what, the only thing that really got monotonous was the noise. I mean, because she'll go – I mean, you put it at 85, she's going to go 85 with no power problems. Um, right. uh, it, now, it's got the old leaf springs, but it had really good suspension shocks under it. It's, it's set up for the road. But those nylon, those nylon tires, man, I mean, <laughs> it, it, I mean these, these are tires with tubes in them. You know, they got Holy really loud. Yeah. <laughs> it's what? old school, man. Oh, uh, my God. The tires are huge on that thing. You guys, are. if you're listening, you got to look this up, man. This, uh, this truck is beast. Yeah, it's on my header for the Facebook. I mean, I've got it sitting there at the Hotel El Capitan yeah. uh, outside of Van Horn. But anyway, um, no, it was just – it was a great road trip you know, got back, had a good time and, and, you know, we're just going to kind of have a fun family car to play with. That's about it. Cool. So what's coming up next for you? I know we were talking before we went live, um, your, your discovery channel show, um, darkness is going to get reintroduced, but you have something else coming up. You were talking about God, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> you are are you doing a podcast oh oh yeah i i mean so i haven't I, i've launched the website jeffrtucker.com jeffrtucker.com your new website yeah. i've got an instagram page with it and stuff and i'm about to get serious about it but i've been i've, I've been doing a couple of things we want to start a venture out podcast and it just not have you know any agenda it's just something to talk about getting outside doing things that you know, are fun. Um, and it, it'll be a variety of things, but uh, I don't know. I'm sure tens of twenties of people will listen to it. <laughs> oh, I doubt it, man. Yeah. You get a big following no matter what you do. Yeah. So we'll, uh, do well, de well deserved too. Yeah. So we're going to, um, we're going to wrap up a little bit, but we're going to tell everybody, you got to go to jeffrtucker.com. Uh, I know, uh, he, Jeff's, uh, Tucker is being a little bit humble right now, but he's, he's got some big things on the horizon. And you definitely want to be paying attention. His uh, CrossFit gymnastics cert is going. He's got a great team. I highly recommend that. And then if you guys haven't seen darkness, if you're afraid of uh, darkness or you're afraid of confined spaces, <laughs> you've got to watch this show. It's crazy, man. So it, it, It's honestly, man, uh, I think probably the top five toughest things i've ever done it, it it's and you can go catch it right now on discovery channel just yeah you can yeah you can just log on to discovery channel and and look it up uh, darkness and you'll see old tucker out there yeah wearing, wearing his helmet uh, the battling snakes that was the best dude thing. the snakes oh my god okay 
<laughs> we all do. Freaking everybody likes them, but yeah, no, no good. Cool, man. Well, listen, Jeff, it was definitely a pleasure chatting with you, man. You're always, uh, it's always a pleasure. Hopefully, we can maybe get you on later on in the future, and you know, keep up the good work, buddy. No, yeah, dude, we're gonna have to follow up. Uh, no, definitely, man. If you guys are ever in Texas, man, the gate's always open. There's lots of lots to do here, and if you ever want to come grab a deer and do a little hunting, we can do that too. Yeah, well, I'm gonna definitely keep that in mind. I got my ARs gathering dust, so <laughs> <laughs> get some hogs or something. But yeah, man, say, say hello to Ripito. Go drop in on him. I will. He's not too far from. I actually He's talked not. to him the other day via email. I was looking for some old school uh vintage iron for the gym so. i saw that yeah so yeah. anybody out there who's listening tucker is looking for some old school like york york barbell old school iron yeah, for his man. gym to kind of match your truck so. I've enjoyed, yeah <laughs> hey i've enjoyed it guys i've enjoyed it good times good times awesome thank you tucker good to talk to you we'll see you on facebook soon all right i appreciate it all right guys take care all right, signing thanks. off bye-bye